0: Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan.
1: Happy New Year, not just to Captain Joseph Stapleton, but to all who sail on the good ship Pite.
0: Nice. Uh, it is uh, instead of it's like an inter- it's International Happy New Year Day. I'll accept it. Coming up on today's show, it's our season slash 2022. Unfina- it's a premiere. It's
1: a premiere. Um, what's What season is this? How many years have we been doing this? Look, I, I haven't been measuring seasons, but if you're interested, yeah, we started the podcast in 2015. So Holy this God. is our seventh year of doing oh, the podcast.
0: My, it, it is always coming seven. Our eighth <laughs> year. This is our eighth year of doing the in podcast. Seven full years into our eighth year. I always screw stuff like that up. We have got a lot to catch up on. On today's show, sure lots personally going on with the two of us over the past five weeks or so, but a lot of poker news has happened as well. We're going to cover as much of it as we can, including, have you heard the one about the three poker vloggers who bought a poker club in Texas?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It could be a really bad joke, but it is actually a poker news headline.
0: Yeah, and like pretty exciting news as far as I was concerned Was, was pretty cool to read that. Anyway, those guys are Brad Owen. Andrew Neamy and Doug Polk, and guess what? Some combination of the three of them are on the show today. Find out later on who it's going to be. I think we might have five five-piece pull in a
1: pod. Are you guys ready for that? Uh, we've had to have extra technical stuff done to accommodate that potential number of guests. I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Way to start things off strong here in 2022 on Poker in the Ears. Also, this week's super fan is Joanne Kane, and she has finally forced me to watch the movie Casino. No one could believe that I hadn't seen this movie. No one in my life. I got to tell you, those movies with with the two VHS tapes stuck together not was not a (laughs) I was not a big fan of you know
1: what that was pretty much a uniquely American thing I remember the first time I went to the States and went into a blockbuster video store and I'm like why is any movie over two hours on two tapes when you can buy like an e240 cassette you could get a four-hour video cassette tape and yet for some reason they split them across two tapes
0: Oh, I don't know why they did that. I remember that as a kid when I would record stuff off of TV, if I taped things in longer tape mode, right? You can make a tape late, yes. last eight hours. The quality was real bad, though. That
1: is true. I mean, some not being funny, even VHS at it its very best to look like shit. But anyway... Um, I guess we'll talk about Casino later because normally, Joe, we would delve in to movies and TV. But actually, we're going to save all the entertainment stuff for yep. a couple of weeks' time. The only thing TV-related that I do want to mention is something flagged by Hawkogen on Discord. And a reminder that a link to the Pokestars Discord server is in the podcast description. And Hawkogen flagged that the Pipe theme music <laughs> appears in the new season of Cobra Kai on Netflix. <laughs> season 4... Episode two, at the 24 minute, 13 second mark at the hockey game, they are playing our theme. Now, I know this happened a lot with the old music, which was used in radio commercials, TV commercials, various TV shows. This is the first example of the new theme appearing somewhere else in pop culture that I'm aware of.
0: Look, there's just there's so much content out there now, right? Like just streaming and television and everything out there. And look, music is very expensive If uh, f- you know for broadcast. So it, it would stand to reason that eventually these various libraries, there's going to be some overlap. I thought you guys dug deep on this one, though.
1: The reality is it's still library music. And yeah. the reality is I thought Netflix worked with bigger budgets than that. But <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, okay, so no movie and TV this week. I, I just want to roll things back. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, catch up for the last five weeks really quick here. One thing I did not get to talk about is that I was cool. it was cool enough I got invited to the Run Good Pro-Am uh, in December. It was after our last show had happened. And uh, don't want to, you know, we, we got too much to cover to go over every detail that two really cool things happened there. Uh, one is that I was able to invite Mike Liam Black, who is one of my favorite comedians of all time, was a yeah. guest on the show. And uh, he came and played the event, and not only did he play, but he was like so happy that we went and we went and played two five at Bellagio together, like for like four or five hours. Went out to dinner together, had a really really lovely day and night with him, and it was really cool to like meet your hero and have them just be like an awesome fun dude to hang out with for the day so that that was pretty cool
1: that is cool also i saw a tweet i think that you interacted with from michael ian black about the fact that he doesn't feel the need to say negative things about the various movies and tv shows that he's watched over the last year and i know obviously he was setting it up for a joke but the reality is there's a lot of stuff that we may think or maybe going through our brains that doesn't always need to be translated into a social media post. And I think that some people in the poker world probably could do with heeding that advice from Michael Ian Black over the course of the last few weeks. But are you, yeah.
0: Are you talking, is that is that aimed at me? Did I say something bad about somebody that I didn't no. need to? No. Okay, good. No. Because uh, I'm the same way. Like I'll talk about stuff on this show that I do or do not like because it's part of the job and it's part of having a discussion on here, but I won't tweet it most of the time these days. Um, But it was
1: more just a general observation that I think sometimes people need to engage their brain before they click the post button and maybe realize that if this is something that is just an opinion I hold and it's something that I'm not necessarily an expert in, that maybe it's best left unsaid.
0: (laughs) Okay, now I see what you're getting at. Got it. Um, Just, uh, you know, we we are not doing uh, the bad beat thing on the show anymore, but uh, I did... um, get it all in Kings versus Jacks in the, uh in the pro-am against Cora Aldemir. And well, you know, the world series main event champion runs pretty good, I guess. Uh, and I was eliminated from that event as a sizable favorite yet again.
1: Well, the reality is Joe, he's the world champion and you're not. That's no, all right. He's
0: much better player than I am. He played the hand. Inc- he, pl- he played the turn phenomenally, which is where <laughs> the jack popped up. So,
1: um- I mean, I don't have too much to report. Managed to get away for Christmas, I'm pleased to say. Uh, went back to see my wife's family in Finland. It was brutally cold there uh, this year. Kind of like minus 18 Celsius effective, which, you know, is not really conducive to going on long walks. But I guess at the very least gave it a certain... Christmassy feel, um, was back in time for New Year and just really was kicking back, relaxing before the whole machine sprang into life again and we found ourselves doing podcasts and live streams again.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, Christmas was fine. I spent way too long with my parents, but it was nice and it was nice to, uh, I bought all of my, um, all the people of a certain age, young, the youngest people in my life, I bought them all oculuses for Christmas, which was uh, like nice to be able to give everybody a cool Christmas gift. But I did this thing where um, – so for New Year, basically I don't know how everyone's handling COVID at this point, and I think that there's a variety of ways people are doing it, and I'm not particularly judgy about most of them. And so I was like, look, I've got this event coming up at Thunder Valley in Sacramento – and I don't want to get sick for it and I most certainly don't want to um you know bring covid to other people when I'm gonna be hanging out so for new year I didn't do anything I was like I just want to stay home and and stay safe quote unquote but more because I want to I'm going to go do something relatively ri- risky next week and sure. don't want to show up ill to that um I did spend a week at Thunder Valley in Sacramento um where they um where they they gave me my own comedy show. They gave me uh, a a private comedy event where they invited all the people, you know, not too dissimilar like what we did at the PCA a couple years ago, except I was the headliner this time. And uh, I did a a 45-minute headline set, which was fun, except for the fact that because it was a private poker event where, like, everyone kind of knew me, I got heckled a lot.
1: By people who thought they were being funny, by people who thought that they were on good enough terms with you that that it could be an interactive show.
0: Correct. And that really kind of fucked me up in a lot of places. And I I have advice.
1: If you ever do this again, I have one word of advice that will solve all these problems. Yeah. Snipers.
0: Sniper. I knew you were going to say sniper. (laughs) So... I did snipe them a couple of times, but the problem is, you know, you're in a really weird position as a comedian when this happens because you need to address it. Uh, because if you don't, the audience loses the respect for you. But also, if you address it too much or too harshly, things can go sideways. Luckily, I'm not mad at the person. By the way, we're friends. Uh, she apologized. Also, two. was like a few people involved. They all apologized. All thought they were helping. We're all good. I got to learn a new skill set. Uh, with how to deal with some of this heckling stuff while it was going on. Um, And all in all, it was a really great show, a really great night. And oddly enough, so my first ever podcast co-host was this guy named Scott Huff. You've heard me bring him up over the years. James, you know him. Yeah. Um, Scott came to me the week before this and was like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I bought a comedy club in the metaverse.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: And I think it'd be really cool if you simulcast, if you streamed this show in the metaverse while, uh, you know, while, while you're doing it live. So there was like a laptop in the back of the room. I hired Brent Harrington to like, to work the avatar, like our avatars are the comedians, like walking around the stage. And we had like a dozen or so people who were in this little virtual world watching the comedy show at the same time. And, I just want to say the future is weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The future is like a really bad dystopian science fiction film. And ideally I'd prefer not to be a participant. Um, I'm assuming that the poker did not go your way because I think you, I think you went home earlier than originally you had planned.
0: I mean, look, my flight was scheduled for Monday morning in case I had made the final table. I didn't. And uh, I had a great offer for Sunday, which we'll get to in a second. Yes. Um, Poker went, you know, more of the same for me. I had n- not a single value hand the entire. You know, I played two tournaments. I f- five bullets and in, in, across two tournaments, and uh, n- just nothing. I made one straight. I made missed all my flush draws. Um, whatever, whatever. Try not to do bad beats. So, however, this group of people is like really into slots. And what we do oh is this God. happened at uh, Run Good Pro Am. Also, there's some advantage slots players in the group. And they know, like, okay, like, the feature's about to go off on the slot machine. There's no guarantee that when it goes off, that it'll be profitable, but at least when it does, you know, you're, like, in some sort of, like, jackpot bonus phase, right? So, we were stuck a lot of money playing slots, and... On, on this one particular night when I had gone broke for the main event, I was tilting pretty hard, me and Jeff Platt and Tana, uh, who is the uh, you know the, the run good guy, decided we were gonna go play slots and we ended up getting stuck about thousand dollars each playing slots. because um, what we do is we pool our money and when you' when you're doing it that way, it's really easy for me like okay, it's like 200 more t- blah, 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 blah. Well we hit a jackpot on, uh, on this on a buffalo machine. For about $1,200. And when that happens is you got to sit around and wait for the tax people to come around to give you like a tax form. It takes about That's 20 minutes.
1: That's amazing. So just when you think you've broken even, the tax man comes along. Correct. And this is obviously one of the things which anyone listening from the UK cannot get their heads around where all gambling winnings, all prizes in competitions are 100% tax-free.
0: So now's when the story gets kind of interesting. So we're sitting there waiting and Alan Kessler comes walking by. Now... For those of you who don't know who Alan is, you, you might chainsaw. know his reputation. the chainsaw. That's right. Which, by the way, on my first podcast ever, we gave him that nickname. So Alan is fairly well known, obviously, for being like really nitty and complaining about structures and whining about this and that. But what people might not know about him is he's one of the best advantage slots players in the world. And has hit multiple jackpots.
1: Hasn't he won like an entire garage full of cars?
0: Correct. Has won cars and half million dollar jackpots and million dollar jackpots. And he comes walking by. Now, the twist of the story is this. Alan hasn't been at the event. He's been in the building, but hasn't played anything because he's been testing positive for COVID. So he comes walking by with his mask on. He's got some food. I understand, like, he had to go get food, whatever. I'm not really judging him for being out. And I go, he stops near us. And I go, keep it moving. Like, do not stop here. Keep it moving. Like, you haven't tested negative yet. Keep keep it going. And he goes, no, no, no. I just want to show you guys a machine that's about to hit. So I'm sitting waiting for the tax man. He takes Jeff Platt over the other machine. Tana's like, I got to go, but I'm in because uh, we were late for an event. So, me and Platt go over to this machine and Alan had told him, hey, this this jackpot's about to hit, but it could take you a couple thousand dollars to get there. So, Jeff and I are trying to decide, now that we're like a little bit unstuck, how much are we going to put in the slot machine? Seven dollar spins. That's pretty expensive for a slot no spin, right? Because it takes about two and a half seconds for it to spin. So, on the very first spin... We didn't hit the feature that Alan told us was about to pop off. We hit the even bigger feature. (gasps) Wow. We hit 202 free spins at a 4X multiplier that spun for 45 minutes. And we had a huge crowd around us cheering for us within those spins. so it was like $40 win, $60 win, $40 win, $60 win, $200 win. In the middle of this. We hit a $4,000 win. When all was said and done, $7,500 this machine paid out on our first $1 spin. Sorry, well, first $7 spin. So we won about 1,000x se- on a spin. Got unstuck. Now we're like, that wasn't even the bonus Alan said was going to go off, though. Should we stay here until... We didn't. We put another two hundred back in and left. I know this story is going. I'll just say that we go back to the casino later. We hit four more taxables that night, and then we go. Eventually, end up going back to that machine, and me and Tana and Haley hit the other bonus of that machine for another twenty five hundred dollars. So I was stuck. Probably, I was stuck. The biggest losing trip of my life yet again. Until all these slots went off, and I end up winning about four k. The moral of the slots. story. Zero at poker
1: is that Joe Stapleton needs to progress from poker to slots.
0: That's right. I don't know. Like a a game that I have a little bit of knowledge in, can't win anything at all. A game that's pure luck. Let's fucking go.
1: Fantastic. And after the tax man got paid, Joe's back to even again. (laughs) No, Platt. Platt got hit with
0: the taxes on the seventy-five hundred dollar win. Um, they basically it's like whoever pressed the button right and we try to divide it up so like if one of us gets taxed someone will stand up and then the next person will sit down and, and, and we'll do it that way so I, I ended up with three taxables myself
1: oh god. Um god obviously the fact that you came home early from Thunder Valley meant that you ended up and I'm still not 100% sure how it happened. You ended up at the Rams-Niners game on Sunday night. I'm watching it on TV. You suddenly start texting me pictures from the game. And it was really weird because we don't often get to connect over the game of American football. I really enjoyed the fact that we had this back and forth and effectively we're both watching this game and effectively both pulling for the kind of underdog, the away team in that sense. Um, And... It was a close one. It went to overtime. it went down to the wire and it was the result we wanted.
0: Yeah as a re- like I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I would kind of root for LA. Obviously I was in like an owner's box uh, sorry, it wasn't obvious I was in an owner box because I was in an owner's box, I was marginally rooting for LA but the guy who invited me had uh, had San Francisco plus four uh, as as his sports wager and I was rooting for him. So once he covered, I didn't care who won the game, and it ended up being the Niners one and James got to be happy about that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I've mentioned this fellow once before that one of one of my girlfriend's friends dates a, a very a very wealthy fellow, and he's a nice guy, and he likes hanging out with us as a couple because um, I'm not trying to get anything from him. Now I end up getting things from him. I end up going to cool things like this, but um, you know, he he knows that, <clears throat> and he's a poker fan. So, you know, it's kind of a thrill for him. I wasn't going to name drop about anyone that was in there, but at one point I turn around. I'm like, is that Jeffrey Katzenberg? Wow, and he was that like, is a big name. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that is. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, I got to go talk to Jeff for a while. I did not force myself into the Jeffrey Katzenberg conversation, even though I had met him. We, we went to the same college, actually. Um quite a few years apart, but really fun day. I ate a ton of food and drink. I didn't care at all about what happened in the game, but uh, it was really, it was really fun watching a a, a game with James Hardigan. Finally.
1: It was a game where, you know, a team's down 17, nothing at the half comes back and ties the game and then squeaks out a win in overtime to make the playoffs. It was a pretty good narrative. Also the
0: Niners fans took over the stadium. I mean, it was, I want to say it was pretty close to 50-50, 60-40 50, at worst, Niners fans. It was I pretty think, electric.
1: I think as I said to you, I mean obviously the Rams share that stadium with the Chargers who moved up the coast from San Diego a couple of seasons ago. Oh, back that's in. the
0: other thing is I didn't I thought I was going to a Chargers game until I got there. That's <laughs> why I didn't even text you now, until at least until <laughs> at the least the through.
1: Rams have some history in LA whereas the Chargers are a new team to the city the Chargers play in the same division as the Raiders and even though the Raiders haven't played in LA since the 80s there's still a lot of love for the LA Raiders right and I feel really sorry for the Chargers that they effectively lose a home game when they play the Raiders there because there are so many more Raiders fans in that stadium than there are Chargers fans the legacy fans are Outnumber the new Chargers fans or the people who remain loyal to the team from San Diego and travel up the coast to see the home games.
0: Don't cry too hard for the Chargers. They've got a really great team. They're going to be fine.
1: That is a good point. Okay, from NFL to poker, what has been happening in the poker world? Uh, let's start with the um, GPI, the Global Poker Index, because the GPI Players of the Year have been announced. Plus, The nominees for the Global Poker Awards 2022 are currently being selected. And I believe, Joe, we both got chosen to make selections here to basically get the long list in certain categories down to a short list. We did, but um, I I missed the deadline. As did I. And the awful (laughs) thing is there were a couple of categories. Thank God. No important categories to vote on for us. Well, to be fair, there were a couple of categories which didn't require any research which i did vote in immediately i had every oh, intention nice. of going back to the others where i felt i needed to actually watch some video clips to make an informed decision never got around to it and then i suddenly realized whoops shouldn't have pushed that to the bottom of my to-do list the deadline has now expired crucially i can't say what i voted for um obviously the categories the nominees will be published soon um and it seems that some changes have been made. I had to read the rules very carefully about who I could vote for, who I could vote for. That's why vote I missed for. it.
0: That's why I missed voting was because there were all these rules, which, by the way, I, I think the rules are great. And um, I really appreciate that they're always trying to modify the rules and make things better and make things more fair. Uh, but they were fairly complicated. And I just went, whoa, 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 like I was at Thunder Valley, you know, like playing slots till five in the morning. I was like, I don't want to do this in the statement next week when I'm back at work, I'm going to do it, you know, back in, in work mode. And it was, you know, it was like a four day window. I didn't realize, and that's why I missed it.
1: Well, I think it's fair to say that we will talk more about the global poker awards in future weeks, probably next month ahead of the ceremony. And maybe Eric uh, can come on the show to talk about the thought that's gone into trying to always improve these awards year on year. But, As I said, the GPI Players of the Year have already been announced. More on that next week. Um, Shall we focus on some of the things that have been happening in the Pokestars universe?
0: Things that have already happened. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. Um, So Dare to Stream was a huge promotion that ran through the tail end of 2021. Um, That concluded just before Christmas and the winner was revealed on a live stream hosted by GJ and Pi. The winner being Sebastian Huber, who plays as Peace and Love. Uh, Sebastian has been uh, a Twitch streamer since September 2020. Uh, plays in Austria is 26 years old gets a platinum pass to the next Pokestars Players Championship interestingly there were two platinum passes awarded uh, it was decided that Nicholas Tom who plays as Flush's back would be the community winner uh, was a very active member of the D2S community throughout the promotion so he got a Platinum Pass as well. But that one is now in the books. And we talked to Nick Walsh about this on our Winter Series live stream. Mm -hmm. We bailed before EPT Online uh, was done and dusted. We we missed out on the main event. And I do have mixed feelings about this. I don't regret going on holiday. I needed the break. But I do regret not being part of an EPT stream. I regret the fact that we got to see a two-time champion. We missed seeing What If God go back to back in the EPT online main event and become only the third player. And I appreciate some people may take this with a pinch of salt and there'll always be an asterisk against this one, but effect officially this is the third double champion in European poker tour history.
0: Yeah. And it's a little disappointing to have missed that, you know, we were there for Vicky Korn. We were there for Mikolai Pabal and uh, we missed what if God going back to back? And that's a bit of a bummer. But don't worry. We can just go back and post and act like we were there, right? Like we can just delete Nick's recording and just redo a quick little highlight reel. And uh, no, I'm glad Nick was there for it. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, that what if God got there, you uh, Got got it to be broadcast because that would have been worse, right? Yeah. if it just wasn't seen. Of course, at
1: all. of course. And suffice to say, this final table was not just about the champion. Ramon Kalilas, the reigning PSPC champ, was the runner-up. There were also some other big names at the final table. Another member of Team Pro, Benjamin Roller, Ben CB. He was the seventh place finisher bruno voltman great dan finished wow. in sixth christian votenlos rudolph was the third place finisher so it was a, a talented lineup uh daniel devores i think was at that ft as well yeah daniel was um, was fourth oxota from canada so yeah do kind of regret missing out on that one but i think it is a phenomenal achievement that there have been only two ept online main events and the same player has won both of them
0: yeah, th- I mean that. In a way, it's almost more incredible than um, than winning two EPT titles five years later, right? Like it's a, a. I don't know what the field size was, but yeah, generally online field sizes are a little bit harder to get through. You know, there's just more going on there. So the fact that you know the first few seasons of the EPT there were only like a couple hundred players in each of the events and it took however many years, whatever it was, like 11 years or something uh, for there to be a back-to-back winner and it happened immediately. Sorry, a two-time winner, not just back-to-back winner, a two-time winner. Uh, that's, That's pretty nuts.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. So EPC Online finished. Winter Series then got started. And in the last few days, I've tried to catch up with what's happened. I I think there was a lot of fuss last week, understandably, uh, when Neymar Jr., who it seems has been playing a ton over the holidays. Sorry,
0: not when people say Neymar Jr., do they mean Neymar, the soccer player, had a son that plays poker?
1: No, Neymar Jr. is the soccer player. That's him. So his
0: last name is Junior.
1: Look on Wikipedia. It's Brazilian. They only go by one name.
0: Okay, 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 fine.
1: My point being that obviously this is a huge deal, that Neymar, had been playing a hell of a lot over the holiday period, made the final table of the 10k high roller, was coming into that final table as chip leader, was obviously going to have an uphill struggle because there were a lot of very talented yeah. high roller specialists at that FT. Neymar acquitted himself very well and eventually busted in third. It was Christoph Vogelsang who eventually took that one down. Uh, we referenced on last night's stream that Simon Mattson, C. Darwin, won three titles during Winter Series. Ola Shemian won two titles during the Series. We focused on the main event last night. Now, in the medium buy-in version of the main event, Gleb Tremzin took that down, Gleb being an EPT main event runner-up. It was an EPT champion who took down the high version, though. Ognian Dimov, Coco Jumbo, was the victor. It was a final table that really could have gone on for a lot longer. It was a heads-up battle that could have gone on for several hours. They were almost even stacked at one point, playing around 90 big blinds each. And yet, they came to play. And it was done pretty quickly. And Dimov came in as the chip leader. Did lose that chip leader a couple of times, but was always a dominant force. We know he's a talented player, an incredibly experienced player. And again, not overly surprised to see him win another major title.
0: Yeah, you know, he started on top and he ended on top. But what happened in the middle is anything was anything but a smooth ride. Uh, it was a really cool final table that saw a lot of great performances and a lot of uh, chip lead changes. And the heads-up match, now that I think about it, maybe it didn't all have to go in where it did. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a cooler uh, by by definition. So uh, really cool to see, uh, you know, Aung-Yang, who's obviously uh, proven himself time and again. Uh, you know, we, we like that in the poker world. We like it when, when the good players show us that it's a skill game.
1: And last, but by no means least deep in the heart of Texas, actually on the subject of Austin, Texas, have you watched the new season of Queer Eye? Uh, I have not. Oh, it's a joy. It's a joy. <laughs> it's a cry fest, but it's wonderful. Uh, okay. It's, all set in and around Austin, Texas. Uh, But that's not the story we're covering. Uh, This is the story that Joe alluded to at the start of this week's episode, uh, read directly from our friends at Poker News. Three prominent poker pros are joining the ever-growing Texas poker industry as part of a group investing in the popular Lodge Poker Club in Austin, a card room which I understand has been dubbed the Lodge Mahal. Those three players being Doug Polk, Andrew Nimi, and brad owen these three guys are now going to operate the largest card room in central texas a lot of questions the operative one being how and why uh so let's ask them themselves thrilled to have these guys with us on the show the new owners of the lodge poker club andrew Neme, brad owen doug Pope. welcome to the show
2: hello guys how's it going What what's up guys I was Yeah, we all
1: have to
0: wait and take turns here. This is a first for us going five ways to the flop. Um, I, I guess which leads to the question of how did this friendship come together, especially, you know, during a, a lockdown, it seems.
1: You're going to have to be specific, Joe, who you're directing the question oh. to.
0: Well, I know that Brad and Andrew, right, are kind of like sort of doing things together. But then Doug coming in and making the triumvirate, I guess that's that's the part that I'm most curious about.
3: So Brad and I, we were out on the uh, the meetup game trail uh, for for several years. Here, we uh, we came up with this concept of getting people together in a poker room around a fun social evening of poker, and uh, generally, of course, people who like to watch the videos that Brad and I uh, put together on YouTube. Um, we always thought it would be awesome if we had our own spot. Uh, Rather than you know just just bringing people into other people's card rooms and casinos, what if we had our own spot that we could uh, bring people to? Um, which is a it's it, it's a dream it's a uh, it's a lovely concept, but one that's pretty tough to pull off uh, just a couple of guys without any actual casino ownership or management experience. Um, so obviously missing some pieces. Fast forward uh, a few years to when we get a message from from Doug Polk who had recently just moved to Austin, Texas, who came up with the idea of, uh, of all of us partnering up and looking into starting one of these things, starting a card room in Texas where you know it's it's a little bit more available the process is and uh, there's just so many people, so many poker players in Texas, that uh that are that are loving the game now in uh in a sort of a newly undeveloped market still so i don't know doug maybe you want to pick up that story there
1: the obvious follow-up question is that doug you seem to have retired and unretired from the poker industry more times than Fedor Holtz. i mean is it just like kind of in michael corleone and godfather three just when you thought they were out they pulled you back in you cannot escape this game
4: I feel a little bit offended by that because, frankly, (laughs) Fedor has retired way less times than I have. And I think think it's not even close. (laughs) I I think putting us sort of like that, it's just unfair to Fedor. I I think I should kind of be in a league of my own at this point. The the bottom line here is it it is a little bit like every time I get out, they pull me back in. uh, And the reality is that there just ends up being a lot of good opportunity in poker. Obviously, my background is poker. I'm very thankful for poker. I've had a, a great career. I'm, I'm happy with the success that I've had playing the game, and then a lot of times, the, you, you know, that ends up translating into some opportunities on, on the business side as well. And so, it certainly, kind of makes sense to continue to play in some capacity to help help uh, promote and grow uh, different businesses in the poker space. I also kind of want to just take a step back and talk about uh, Andrew and Brad. So I, I've known them for for years. Actually, funny story. Brad, Brad was living across the street from me, kind of in, in the area of Vegas that I was at before I moved out to Texas. You make
2: and it sound, sound like a, I was like living in the gutter or something. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he said <laughs>
0: across the street, not
4: in the street. <laughs> I'm trying to tactfully say it's next girlfriend. I, however you want, to, however sure, you want sure. to deal with that, Brad. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah <laughs> so he was, in, he was in a house across the street. And so I uh, hung out with him a few times there. And I uh, met Andrew a couple of times too. So yeah, I, I've known Andrew and, and Brad for, for a few, at least a few years now. And uh, I've always I've always liked both of them. I think that they're great guys doing great work in the poker space, and they're helping grow the game by making content that people really enjoy. So, I've I've always you know I've always felt like if if the right situation came up, I'd want to work with both of them. And when I moved to Austin, and it became clear there are a lot of poker players here that want to play, uh, that enjoy playing, and that the the scene here has grown tremendously in the last five, 10 years. It just felt like a, a very natural fit to, to bring in these two guys. they they're both. They're both uh, extremely popular in the, in the vlogging space, and they already are doing meetup games that bring people in. Actually, w- when they came to town, I went to a meetup game with both of them, and it was just packed to the brim. It was standing room only on the su- around the room. So, uh, you know, I saw that, and I was like, I got to get these guys involved, and, and we managed to make everything work.
0: Brad, that's got to be a huge compliment to you guys, right? I mean, everybody wants to work with Doug. Everybody wants to be attached to Doug. He's got the eyes and ears of everybody in the industry right now, and for him to, to say that he wants to work with you guys, that, I mean, that's got to mean a lot, right? Uh, yeah, definitely.
2: It seems like everything that Doug touches kind of uh, turns to gold, so to speak. So, I mean, crushed the YouTube stuff, crushed heads up tournaments, upswing training, all of it. So uh, once he he was really like the glue that held everything together for Andrew and I, you know, Andrew mentioned that we had had this idea of owning our own card room. But yeah, there was no chance that we were ever going to make that happen without someone like Doug and, and uh, the guys he's assembled for his team.
0: So you guys have a team because I'm wondering, like, what does it take to buy a poker room other than cash?
4: (laughs) Well, we have we have all the different sides here. For starters, we partnered with the current owners. This isn't a complete takeover or anything. Right. We wanted to keep the, the logistics team on the ground. None of us specialize in running a poker room. We specialize in in content and marketing and all those kinds of things. So we we still kept the team in place. They did a great job building the lodge. We wanted to make sure that the, the local players feel don't feel like things are changing, and these guys know what they're doing. We also brought in the Upstream team for marketing to help promote and run the online side of things. In fact, the only thing that we need right now is someone that's not someone that's very funny. And I was thinking, Joe, may, maybe maybe you should maybe you know someone that's funny. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I know I know Doug Polk. Does that help? Oh. Oh, I don't know if that helps. I don't know if that helps us here either. <laughs> He's already on
0: board. What What specifically are, are you looking for?
4: Uh, I'm just, I was just
1: taking okay, your chain. Oh, uh, oh, they, over, they've got the, the complete package, Joe. There's no place for you.
0: Okay, so you guys don't have to like come up with menus or schedules. You're not going to be like, f- like wiping down tables in this place. Like I was picturing cheers with the three of you running it.
4: I actually want to do some ad bits where it's just me, Brad, and Andrew at the lodge doing mundane stuff that needs to get done day to day uh and and just a running bit on how bad the lodge treats its owners like i'm restocking the the the, the vending machines and uh, yeah we we got some ideas for some some different bits that i think could be fun i don't uh, doubt
0: it it gives you a whole new world of stuff to work with so doug already lives in texas brad andrew do either of you have plans to relocate and or how much time are you expecting to spend there
2: uh, I've looked at houses out there. The housing market has just been insane over the last year. I don't yeah. know the exact percentage, but it seems like everything's gone up like fifty to a hundred percent in the last year alone.
4: So and let me
0: guess, Doug was way ahead of that.
4: <laughs> no, I, unfortunately not. I, oh no. Okay, I, I, I got Whoops. totally wrecked. But the, <laughs> the funny thing is, I got wrecked. I bought about six to eight months ago, but then it's already gone up so much from there. So right. when I when I moved in, I was I was doing something that. I, I thought was okay. And I was offering five, 10% over list. You're not going to get shit in Austin offering five, 10% over list. That's that's that you don't even get a call back. They, they, you, no one even wants to hear you. I, I offered five, 7% over lists on my first offer on the home. I ended up in not even a callback. Wow. So then we had to come in with the big guns and we got it closed and I just got ripped off. But yeah, I mean, things, things, things in Austin are exploding. What's cool about Austin is that there are a lot of smaller places around the city of Austin. In fact, right. even the lodge isn't in Austin. It's in round rock. So there are a lot of places that are near Austin that are growing and and cool places to live that are much more reasonably priced. So you don't have to get into downtown Austin because, yeah, I mean, it's a booming tech city at this point. Tons of companies are moving out here. It's uh, a lot more pro-business than some of the other states out, out west, like California, for example. So um, it's a great place to live. And the, the property prices reflect that. I, I think we're going to see that, continue, that trend continue.
0: So Brad, you did look at places
2: yeah, I'm continuing to look out there. I think what's more likely to happen is I'll probably end up getting a condo out there. But the plan is to be there, probably you know on average at least three days a month. Uh, I think how that's going to more likely end up working out is that I'm out there maybe one week every every two months.
1: And what Andrew? about you, Andrew? Are you ready to make an offer that's 20% above list price? For
3: now, I think uh, Vegas is going to remain the home base. Uh, it's just—it's so easy to live in Vegas, and and like these guys are saying, it's hard to move to somewhere that's that's just you know popping off. Um, so I'm definitely going to want to be there a lot. Um, I just every time we go there, we're just like, wow, the poker here is just—it's just amazing. It's so refreshing after uh, grinding cash games in Las Vegas. Um, so I feel like every time I go there, I'll probably be extending the uh, return flight out a few more days, a few more mm-hmm. days. And uh, just be happy to uh, be playing poker there.
1: I don't want to get bogged down in logistics and boring stuff, but how does it work in the state of Texas? Obviously, America is a diverse country and the rules are different from state to state. How is it possible to run a poker room in Austin?
4: I feel like this is a Doug question. Sure, I'll jump in there. I feel like I've been hogging the mic though, and there's five of us. So I'm trying to, trying to bide my time. Uh, so the way that poker works in Texas, it's it's a bit of a, an interesting spot because Gambling is not technically legal in Texas uh, for companies to offer gambling. However, what is legal are private games, social clubs where people can gamble amongst themselves. That's completely fine. So there's a, free, a a few certain bars that you have to hit. One of them is it has to be a private club, so you need a membership. So people have to buy a membership at the club. Right. And then you cannot take a rake. So you have to charge in a different way. Uh, so it's a seat fee. You, you, you're charged a fee to sit at the table per hour. The house can have no stake in anything. There can't be any reason that the house wants a game, certain game to run. Or it has to simply just be essentially fees, hourly fees, membership fees, things like that. You can't take a piece of the pot in any capacity. So it actually ends up being a lot better for the players. If you look at the hourly rate that is essentially paid by the table per hour, it actually ends up being a good amount cheaper. Than places mm-hmm. like Vegas, where they're taking a a, a piece of the of the, of the pot, so uh, it actually ends up kind of working out for players as well. But you can't take a rake; has to be a private club. And then there's there's another thing too that I think was kind of easy to hit that I can't remember off the top of my head. But that that's basically the top of the bottom of it.
1: It's been, what, just over a week since you guys made this announcement. Andrew, what's the reception been like from the poker community? Have you been met with any cynicism? Because, no offense, but when poker players go into business, it doesn't always work out well.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, basically, no. So the the feedback has been awesome. Like, the the buzz and all the excitement is, is definitely there. And uh, that's been, like so, uh, so refreshing to see. Um, and it's, it, it feels like I'm, I'm like missing out on not being at the lodge just because it's been like so exciting and, and fun to uh, make the announcement and have everyone uh, be excited about it and get all that positive feedback. Um, so, yeah, I would say 100, almost anywhere like from 99.9% to hundred percent, it's been, uh, it's been heartwarming, positive feedback from the, uh, from the poker community.
0: Yeah, I mean, once you have once you have Doug on board, like you know, the chances of it being a hundred percent positive feedback go way up, right? If he's way not up. if he's not vlogging against you, then you're good, you're golden. I don't know about that one. What sorts of what I'm curious about is like what sorts of changes are going to happen at the lodge now that you guys have been attached? Is it going to be just a couple of days a month, the meetup games, or do you have big ideas? And uh, what sort of what sort of kickoff? celebrations can folks look forward to and when uh, at the Lodge? We're,
2: we're trying to make it so that there's something exciting going on, you know, maybe not every day, but as close to every day as possible. So Doug's going to be there twice a week. Uh, Andrew and I are going to be there as often as we can. I mean, we're going to have the scheduled meetup game stuff. Um, we're having this monster meetup week at the end of January. So that'll be January 24th through the 30th. And we're going to be streaming. Nearly every day, we're doing the biggest meetup game in Texas history Tuesday, the 25th. That'll be a 2-5 game. Uh, Doug's doing a high stakes stream. I think that's going to be 100 200 um, There's a good chance that I jump in there as well. And then I think Monday, the 24th, we're all going to be on this stream. And uh, we're having a 500 k guarantee. It's a $600 buy-in with eight starting flights um, beginning Wednesday. And uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna crush that guarantee. So that monster meetup week that's gonna be one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most. Sometimes Andrew and I do these meetup games, and uh, some of them get a little bit stale. But having our own poker room, doing this week long event, there's a ton of buzz around it. I'm I'm super excited about this uh, this particular one.
4: I also think that players seem to be very excited yeah. to see other players running a club because a lot of times I think players feel like they're not heard or that what they want kind of flies under the radar and said, it's, it's just corporate America running these rooms and they don't really get feedback, but me, Brad and Andrew are all very committed to making sure this is a great place for people to play. And if, if the player pool really feels like there, there are some slight changes that we can make here and there to make it better. I'm all ears. I just, I think all three of us, we just want to make our room the best place that people can go play. And we want to make sure that the player pool uh, has their voice heard and has a very direct line to be able to talk to us and, and say what they think. because I know as a player when changes are made that you know you don't like you want to, you want, you want to be able to, to voice your opinion. or if maybe if changes are made that you do like you want to be able to voice your opinion. Basically, you want to be able to feel like people are, are hearing what what you say and that's absolutely going to be the case at the Lodge.
1: And That's how much of your time do you imagine this is going to occupy, Doug? I mean, are you dropping any of the other things you're doing? Do you do you still expect to be making videos? Are you still in the crypto space? Are you still doing podcast interviews, or is this now going to become almost like a full time job?
4: So I, currently, I'm handling a lot of things. The, the the plate The plate is quite full. I actually yeah. had a funny I had a funny realization today. I was looking at my schedule and thinking, "Man, how am I going to get all this done?" I thought, "Oh, weekends, just work the whole week, <laughs> every day." Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's going to be a little bit tough, but uh, you know, I love I love working. I, I love being busy and and getting to work on a lot of projects and doing things, uh, a variety of things. So I, I I think it's gonna it's gonna work out fine. I'm still doing a lot of cryptocurrency stuff. Uh, I'm an ambassador for an exchange, Coinflex. I am making crypto videos. I'm doing a podcast weekly. I'm doing two days at the lodge. I'm going to be doing some of the streams. Uh, Lord, it's it's honestly so many things. So uh, very full plate over here, but I'm looking forward to taking it on, and uh, you know I'm
1: I'm excited for it. Okay, it, I want a little bit of kind of like competition here. Andrew, can you better that? How much stuff are you going to do on a weekly basis?
3: Tough, tough to uh, outdo uh, Doug on getting things done out there mm-hmm. in the world, um, but yeah, there's I think I think for uh, for Brad and I, that's kind of been like. Um, this sort of ongoing concern, are we, are we taking too much on? Are we trying to do too many meetup games in too many places and booking too many flights all over the, all over the country and sometimes internationally and also coming back to edit videos and uh, you know attempting to have some so somewhat of a social life uh, after all that stuff gets done or in between all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty much I think we, we all sort of feel the same way about like kind of getting after it out there and like enjoying what we do. Um, so like, obviously you get uh, a little bit of an advantage when you're working on something that you actually enjoy. Uh, and that definitely propels you to, uh, to, to find the energy to keep doing it all. Um, so we're all definitely excited about the, uh, the lodge. And, um, I think that'll, uh, give us the energy to get out there and, uh, get the videos done in between.
4: I also have to object James for one moment, because you said to me, you're doing so much stuff, Doug. How do you do all this stuff? And then I respond, and you go, Andrew, are you as busy as Doug? That is your question. That's bullshit.
1: I didn't say the questions were going to be fair. I didn't say the questions weren't going to be loaded. Um, Brad, I guess my question to you is that, you know, you've obviously are a poker player and a poker content creator, just like the other guys. Do you now feel things have changed? Do you now feel, and this is going to sound slightly pretentious, that you're part of the industry?
0: You're the establishment now, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> definitely. The it's house. crazy how
2: this um, this is definitely like a, a whole new role, you know. Where um, we were kind of talking about this yesterday, where uh, th- there's guys in the poker vlogging world that have literally said, "I'm coming for your spot," uh, which which was interesting, <laughs> and uh, and and you know um Johnny Vibes <coughs> but um so so it's weird Where's your uh, card
0: room Johnny Vibes huh? It,
2: it it's weird to now be on the other side of things where we really benefit from poker content creators coming to the lodge uh and you know hopefully making poker vlogs from there and so I feel you know I, I, like I can't wait to have like poker vloggers come there and I hope that those videos from there crush and everything so um definitely like Slightly different uh, way of looking at things, you know, from that aspect. Um, and and just owning our own card room, it's kind of a, a dream come true. Kind of a dream I didn't really know I had um, until, like, it was actually a possibility within the last six or eight months or so.
0: I'm just picturing your guys' card room getting like four hands an hour done because every single person is filming all of their cards. Like there's just 500 vloggers, six at each table. Everyone's like in each other's videos. I assume you're going to have a pretty liberal filming policy there since it's you guys.
3: I just imagine like, you you know, when like there's a, there's a lineup at the mall for people to get photos with Santa. I I feel like that's going to be Brad. Like people just lined up to get their photo (laughs) taken with Brad.
1: Well, I mean it's a potential revenue stream, right? You know, Wednesdays, come and have your picture taken with Doug. <laughs> you know, 10% discount on membership fees.
2: Someone someone came up to me yesterday. So I was at Aria doing a doing a meetup game type event. And um, someone just gave me a five dollar chip as I was like signing a couple cards for other people. And uh, and then he asked for a photo. And I I assumed he just wanted me to like sign the chip. But he said, "Oh no, 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 that's you for the for the photo."
1: <laughs> wow, just like you're kind of someone who had a small role in a Star Wars movie who's trying to make money in conventions, <laughs> like s- signing merch. This is amazing. He's,
0: he's like it's 50 or it's nothing. <laughs> so, all right, this my last question regarding this whole thing before we get to I like to play dumb games with our guests. Maybe James has another question, but it may be too early for this question. But as a comedian, I'll sit in a lot of comedy shows and be like, man, if I ran this, I would do it way better. I would do this, this, and this. And then I've had my own shows before, and I'm like, fuck, this is hard. Like, this is way more work than I thought it was going to be. Actually, it's, like, kind of easier just to, like, get paid almost nothing and be on someone else's show than to have all the pressure of it being my show and selling tickets and all that. Have you guys experienced any of that yet? And if not, are you worried about it? I'm not
4: worried about running the room because our team running the room has just done such a great job. Dealers love dealing at the lodge. It's one of the best places to deal from the feedback I've gotten from dealers. The room runs extremely smoothly. It's become the biggest room in Austin. It's got 60 tables. We just moved into a new new room a few months ago. That's awesome. Huge space to play. So I'm not worried about running the room because frankly, I don't have to do it. Uh, If I had to do it, I might be freaking out a little bit more. Really. We're here to help spotlight the lodge, help bring people to the lodge, help make it better, help create games and events and, and do everything that we can to make sure that the lodge grows. But again, I'm not, I don't have to set up the comedy show. I don't have to look at the lineup. I don't have to work with the comedians who are terrible to work with. Um, You would know Joe, right?
0: I'm a diva. <laughs> Sometimes I demand an entire bottle of water when I'm backstage. God, these guys. So okay.
1: Joe, yeah. we've normally would speak to one guest. Occasionally we have two guests. This is the first time we've ever had three. So how on earth have you managed to work in some complicated game slash quiz?
0: We're about to find out. I I, I, I wrote this game out. We'll see. I'm not sure if it works from a, from a game theory perspective, but here we go. Today's game, because I think you guys are going to go down in history as one of poker's greatest th- trios or threesomes, if you will. This game is called Threes Company and is a trivia game based on threesomes. Not that kind of threesome, but you do have a chance to fuck your neighbor in this game. So... I'm going to ask one of you a question about a famous threesome. If you answer it correctly, you get a point. If you get it incorrect, you lose a point, but...
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to get yeah, some gonna paper. Someone's going to have to keep score here. That's going to fall on me, and yeah, I can't keep you. up with these rules already.
0: If you think someone else in your threesome can't answer it, you can pass it to them. If they get it right, they get a point, and you lose a point, and it's still their turn. If they get it wrong... You get a point, and they miss their turn. That makes sense.
1: You haven't tested this, have you?
0: Nope, have not tested it at all. Okay. So you're going to ask
4: me a question, and yep. then if I don't know it, I should probably pass it.
0: Correct. Right? But you're taking a gamble because uh, if if they get it right, you lose a point, and they gain okay. a point.
2: But so, you get it. You if you get it wrong, you lose a point anyway, right? So isn't it correct? Sort of, okay. a, sort of a free roll to send well, it over to somebody.
0: Well, no, because they gain a point you don't and know. you lose a point.
1: Oh yeah. So, just sense. to be clear, does uh, everyone okay, okay. start on zero, and therefore minus points are possible?
0: Minus points are possible. Everyone okay. On can we zero. can yeah. we play that uh, Patrick Antonius game uh, <laughs> after this one? Which one did I did, do last time?
2: You did the. It was the Patrick Antonius one. It was uh, you you created four answers that rhymed with or no no, no yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't you know, said they, it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That one's gonna be a little bit easier. Okay, since uh, since Doug said, uh, sort of said, if you ask me a question, you're gonna go first. Okay, here we go. Question number one, round one. This is name the trio. I'm gonna read you three names. You just have to tell me who the trio are. Okay. Okay. This one's going to Doug. You can pass if you want to. Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. Who are they? The chipmunks. Alvin and the chipmunks. That's correct. Mm. Okay. Doug's on the board with one. Doug is go. plus one. I'm, I'm keeping up. So the order is going to go: Doug, Andrew, Brad. Just chose it randomly. Andrew, you're up next here. Buffy, Willow, and Xander.
3: Uh. So like. Okay, I'll pass it to Brad. Passing to uh, Brad. Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: That is correct. So So Brad gains a point, so he's plus one, and Andrew is minus one.
0: That's right. And it's Brad's Brad's turn now. I guess you can only pass to the person who's supposed to go next, by the way. We're going to make that. Here we go. Brad, Pavarotti, Domingo, and Carreras. Pass. Passing to Doug. (laughs) Can I get the names again? What what am I working with? You got it. Pavarotti, Domingo, and Carreras.
1: Would you like their first names? Luciano Pavarotti, Placido Domingo, Jose Carreras.
0: Oh! No, I'm not even going (laughs) to
4: insult anyone with guessing this, so just give me the negative one.
0: So Doug gets the negative one and his turn gets skipped. Do I get a plus one or no? what? That's right. That's how it works. Your turn gets skipped. Whoa, if you whoa,
1: can't whoa, get whoa! It. Wait, wait, wait. So Doug loses a point, so it's back at zero. Nothing yeah. happens to Brad, and now it's Andrew's turn.
0: Right. Brad got out of losing a point by passing. Okay. We're over to okay. Andrew.
1: Brad, you're now realizing why we never repeat the same quiz twice, right? Correct. Because yeah. yeah.
0: if it's terrible yeah, right. like this one, they're all terrible. By the way, that's why I just do a new one every time. What, okay. What, here we go. Mean,
4: what, what were those three names? Hold on. Can I get the answer? What that was? They're
1: the three tenors.
4: The three tenors. What, is, what does that mean? They, are they were like three opera huge opera, singers. opera singers.
1: stars who toured the world.
4: Oh! Andrew, did you know that one?
3: I was going to say opera singers. I wouldn't have said three tenors. I don't know if that, that would have counted for the point.
0: I'm, I, mean, I do don't you know. I'm glad I didn't have to decide that one. Okay. Next one up for Andrew. Chico, Harpo, and Groucho.
3: Um... I'm gonna pass to Brad
2: because there's no chance he gets this. I'm just gonna go Chico and the man. I don't, I mean.
0: It's a it's a reasonable guess. We were looking for the Marks brothers. They're the Marks brothers. Chico, Uh-oh. Harpo, and Groucho. James, you That's get on the pass. score here. We can go to Doug.
1: Right, so, hang on. Yeah, the, b- bizarrely, Doug and Brad are still tied for the lead on zero points and Andrew <laughs> has minus one.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> how you know it's the good game when no one has positive points. <laughs> Okay, Doug, your next question is Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli.
4: Lord of the Rings?
0: They're from the Lord of the Rings. That is correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a- oh I have a- <laughs> We yes. guess.
4: I feel like you
2: got
0: lucky there.
4: I did. I just It sounded Lord of the rings I I don't even watch the I was going to say,
0: I, I would have said that as well, yeah. Uh, Andrew, your question is Athos, Porthos, and Aramis.
3: God. It's, it's something I've definitely not watched.
0: You probably haven't watched it, no. Sounds like you haven't read it either. <laughs>
1: or read it. What is it there, again? Even though it won't help? Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, there's a fourth character called D'Artagnan who accompanies this trio. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, passing send, it Brad?
5: To,
2: send it over to Brad. Is this like Homer, like Odysseus, something? You're in the
0: right ballpark, but we're looking for we're looking for the three musketeers. The three musketeers. In a quiz about trios, it feels like someone should have guessed that. Okay, moving over to Doug. Uh, last question in this round. Thank God. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase.
2: I actually do know this one.
4: Well, that doesn't make me feel good, but I guess I'm going. To pass it over to Andrew.
3: Pass Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, three amigos.
0: The three amigos is correct. James, what's the score after round one? Right.
1: So what happens there? Andrew got the question right. So he obviously gets a point. Yep. What happens to Doug who passed it?
0: Doug loses a point.
1: Okay. So now Brad is in last place with minus one. Andrew and Doug are tied for the lead with zero points.
0: All right. Excellent. <laughs> <that's laughs> round two. Here we go. Round two is, there's three rounds in this game. Is anyone sick of it yet?
1: It's a long game. We're (laughs) absolutely loving it.
0: Uh, It is a long game. It's round two of three, but the third one only has one question. Here we go. Round two. This one's called, Who's the Other One? I'm going to read two or three names in a famous trio. You have to give me the third. So Andrew just went. We're going to start with Brad here. Uh, Harry, Ron, and... I'll tell you what. I'll make it a little easier. Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione. Hermione is correct. What
4: well on Brad? You're out the hole. Everyone's Damn, tied on zero. I tried to look confused, hoping
1: he'd pass. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, 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 I have to balance my. I have no fucking
1: clue range. <laughs> I love the fact that Doug's found an angle to this game.
0: <laughs> Not West. an angle. It's fair. <laughs> it's very fair. No, it's part of the game. I totally intended for that to happen. Here we go. Question two. Uh, Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and... Oh, this is... this Is passing still a thing or no? Passing is still a thing in this round, yes.
4: Mm. Mm. Oh. I know it's Star Trek, but I don't know the third person. I, I, I'm going to get wrecked here but I'm going to pass it over to Andrew,
3: Andrew? Uh, I mean I'm, I wouldn't say you're going to get wrecked I'm, I also am not sure who the third person is but I'll, I'll say like the data is that is that a
1: guess
0: it's the is next a guess.
1: generation this is yeah, the original diff- cast different
0: version of Star Trek Wrecked. Uh, I'm actually Idiot. just going to take two questions out of this one I'm going to get rid of the, <laughs> the Mark Anthony Cleopatra question all history is going out the window that's good in this group Yeah, and we're just going to shorten the game slightly. We're going to go with two more questions in this round and then move on to the final. Here we go. Um, Over to you, Brad. Michelle, Beyonce, and... Kelly. Kelly is correct. Well done. I'm glad glad he got that. (laughs) Brad with the last question (laughs) in the round. Excuse me, not Brad. Excuse me, Doug with the last question in the round. Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, and... Pass Passing to Andrew <laughs>
3: Wrecked
0: Wrecked Hemsworth uh, <laughs> Is not correct No idea Luke Hemsworth is the other Hemsworth James, what are the of- scores after round two?
1: Okay, well Andrew unfortunately has minus two points Doug is still at zero Brad has the lead He is Wait, positive one I get
4: points when he misses, right? Don't I get a point when, when Andrew misses if I pass?
1: No, you just save yourself yeah. from losing points
0: no, I get a point. No, no, you just if you you just don't lose a point. You said I get a point earlier, but right? Andrew loses thinking. a point. Andrew loses a point, and you
4: don't lose one. I thought anyone else. I okay.
0: thought so as well, but I'm happy this
4: I, I, I <laughs> think I'm repeating. I think I'm repeating your words that I get a point. But you know what? Just take them from me. Why not? Have hold on, grow. hold on.
0: Steal my points. I'm going to ask you a question about a famous threesome. If you answer it correctly, you get a point, and correctly lose a point. You can pass. If they get it right, they get a point, and you lose a point. If they get it wrong. You get a point, and they miss their turn. There you go.
1: Well, you needed to make that clear. Doug's probably Doug got a point. like a million points. Then
0: exactly. Let's just call it a day. We don't even have La- to go to the rest. Of- <laughs> last round. Okay, dude. This one is uh, no passing. Now you can. Sorry, you 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 can pass it, but there's no penalties in this round, right? It's just like I don't want to do this one. <laughs> great pass game, Joe.
4: This is great. you, you got don't the locked,
0: man. you Look, I I have I had a day to come up with this. Here we go. Um... No penalties, but if you don't want it, you just get passive, it, but you're going to end up with one anyways, right? So you have to figure out if you'll get one. So there's you have to name all three in the group, three points for each one you get right, and a three-point bonus if you get all three. So you get up to 12 points here. And so Andrew just missed that one, so we're going to start with Brad. Brad, the first one you can play or pass, the three Stooges.
2: Do I? <clears throat> sorry, I, I I name all three or I just name one and see if Doug can name another.
0: You get points for each one you name, but this is your category if you choose to play it.
2: Okay. it's Yeah, I'll play it.
0: But he's going to play uh, it. Okay.
2: Curly, Moe,
1: and Larry?
0: That's correct. That's cool. 12 points right there. Three for three plus the three-point bonus.
1: Doug, you're up next. Hang on. Hang on. How on earth is that 12 points? Because I get a three-point three bonus for all three. Three points
0: for each correct answer. Oh, and so three, three
1: points for each answer, not one point yes, for each answer. Correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. It kind of makes the other rounds completely irrelevant, really, with the scoring now.
4: <laughs> it is, does if people is, get them right. Is uh, are 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 the prices right? Or Jeopardy still looking for hosts? Because Joe, I feel like
0: <laughs> you would just slide naturally into that slot there. I'm much better at hosting than I am at creating. I'll give you that much. Okay. Question: uh, Your your category, Doug, that you can play or pass. Branches of the U.S. government I'll take this one He's going to take this one Okay Okay
4: Legislative Yes Executive Yes Judicial
0: There it is 12 points for Doug Polk Andrew you cannot pass This is your, your category The three legs of the triple crown
3: The The Kentucky Derby Correct The Belmont Stakes Correct The Preakness.
0: The Preakness, he got them all. We had across nice. the board, everybody scored 12 points there. James, what are the final scores?
1: Well, bear in mind that there was some confusion earlier <laughs> on, and I think probably Doug's been robbed of a couple of points. Okay. So I'm going to call it a draw between. Not Brad the first time I fucked Doug. Doug
0: over, by the way. Sorry, Doug. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the, truth, the truth hurts, but can also be funny.
1: <laughs> the real winner is the audience who got to listen to that shit That's show right. guys thank you very much for joining us today and best of luck with the new venture seriously it sounds like it's going to be awesome
0: I hope to get out there man I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for you guys it's really cool thank, thank you for having us guys.
3: Hope, hope to get you guys out there too
0: cool well
1: we're going to close out our first show of the year with our first super fan of 2022 as we say hello to Joanne Kane, Greetings, Joanne.
5: Hello, guys. How are you?
0: Hey, Joanne. I like your Darth Vader. Thank you. <laughs> are you a big yeah. Star Wars fan?
5: Uh, my, my husband is. We named our son Anakin.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow.
1: So hold on a second. Hold on a second. You didn't name him after the hero. You named him after the one who goes bad.
0: The villain. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to spoiler all of Star Wars, but Anakin actually turns out to be okay in the last few seconds. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Yeah, he's uh, he's
5: pretty okay.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, we've learned a little bit about you, Joanne. Um, Am I detecting a Canadian lilt to your voice?
5: Yes, I live just outside of Calgary.
1: And what do you do there?
5: I... I am a retired oil and gas worker. Um, I, I'm i a mod for Ape Styles, uh, so I do that on Twitch and cool. play lots of poker and uh, hang out with my poker pals.
1: Fantastic. Well, we're going to give you the chance to play some poker. We're going to give you the chance to win a Sunday Million ticket by virtue of a quiz about the movie Casino. Joe, you didn't seem overly happy at the start of today's show that you had been tasked with watching this film.
0: So I wasn't happy with it. it was like this big three hour chore last night um because you know I've been busy and didn't get a chance. I really I loved it. I loved this movie. It was great. It was um really engaging for all three hours. It was beautiful. It was beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Um I was never bored. I don't know that I would watch it's like a repeat viewer for me, but I it also sort of turned the Scorsese tide for me. You know I'm like not really much of a Scorsese guy and I think at this point I probably like more of his movies than I dislike and uh, I'm actually really happy that I watch this movie and I just found it really really interesting all the casino business stuff even though I knew a lot of it you know having having worked in it and also this takes place in a different era but I just uh, it, it worked on all levels for me
1: there you go Joanne you're already a winner you've made Joe happy <laughs>
5: Well, that's all I really wanted to accomplish. Really.
0: <laughs> okay, great. Uh, it's been great talking to you.
5: Is, <laughs> it,
1: is it a personal favorite movie of yours?
5: It is my favorite movie. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, yeah. Trouble, I mean, then. I'll be honest, when it first came out, I was not a huge fan. I think because Goodfellas was so fresh in my memory and I loved that film so much that with the same characters and not dissimilar themes, I didn't feel this was as good. But revisiting it years later, no, it stands alone by itself. as an excellent movie and I didn't rewatch it in advance of this Superfan segment, but it's certainly a film I own on disc and do watch from time to time. Uh, So Patrick was tasked with watching Casino. He's compiled a 10 question quiz. Joanne, you know the rules, you know the format. So let's get to it. Give me a number between one and 10 and we will alternate and hopefully we'll win you a ticket and some merch.
5: All right. Uh, Well, I'll pick number seven.
1: Number seven, it is always coming seven on this occasion. Oh, Patrick, come on. What color coat is Ginger wearing in the photographs taken of her and Nikki's affair?
0: Mm.
1: Wait. Would you like to take the multiple choice options?
0: <laughs> mulligan. Oh.
1: Okay. Okay, so number one, this is your only mulligan. Number two, the fact that I've told you to take the options would infer... Would suggest that white is not the answer. This would be so
0: fucked up if white was the answer and James did this to you. That would be messed up. The
1: options are red, white, black, or blue. Red. Black was the answer. (sighs)
5: So,
1: Joe, you're first up. And that might not be the only observational question. I don't know. Let's see where we go.
0: I, I hope it's another question about colors, like what color the dice are in the in the crab's pit. Let's go with question. Question. Snowmen's nom-noms.
1: Number eight. Which city does Sam end up in at the end of the film?
0: Sam ends up in the city of San Diego.
1: For two full points, and you have a 2-0 advantage, Joe. Joanne, your second question. Any number other than seven or eight?
5: Five.
1: Question number five. On screen, how does Nicky torture the Irishman to make him give up a name?
5: He puts his head in a vice.
1: In one of the most horrible scenes in cinema history. So I wanted to
0: actually make a rule going forward. So I I don't do extreme violence in movies anymore. I skipped that scene and I skipped uh, a couple of the other ones. From now on, no questions about that shit because I'm not going to
1: watch them. Well, I'm sorry, Joe, I don't make the rules. Patrick does. Um. Okay, Joe, your second question. One, two, three, four, six, nine, or ten?
0: You said one first, so I think you're trying to lead me to the number one. So I'm going to say one.
1: Okay, I said number one because it's the first number in numerical sequence. No, I don't think so. Uh, From which city was the group that employed Sam?
0: Kansas City.
1: I have Chicago as the answer.
0: Well, what do you think is the do right I, answer?
1: Can uh, I have a I, ruling?
5: I'm, I'm going to say Chicago.
1: Okay, in that case, Joseph, you don't get any points. All right. I guess it's the Chicago mob who have people in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's actually one of my favorite things about the movie is they don't really ever say it. They just say back home every time. Um <laughs> Like almost comically. And, and even in the graphic they say like back home instead of the city. I'm I I, I wondered about that myself because Joe Pesci's putting on that ridiculous Chicago accent the entire time. Um But I anyway, it's fine. Moving on.
1: Anyway, we've got a tied game, maximum tension. I'm loving it. Joanne, two, three, four, six, nine, or ten. Ten. Question number ten. How does Artie Piscano die?
5: Hmm. It's not multiple choice?
1: Of course there are multiple choice <laughs> options available, but that means you can only score one point rather than two. Oh,
5: how does Artie Piscata do? You can, shot. Shot.
1: you can take the options. You can take the options. <laughs>
5: okay, options.
1: Is Artie shot, stabbed, beaten with a baseball bat, or has a heart attack? Heart attack. Correct for one point. You are fresh out of mulligans, Joanne. Joseph.
0: Uh, Is question three available? It is indeed. Okay, please.
1: This film marked Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro's what time working together. This is their... How many movies had they made together before this one? So this would be their what collaboration. All right.
0: So I might miss some, but I'm going to just name the ones I know. We got Raging Bull. We've got uh, the, the, the comedy one. We've got Goodfellas. Am I missing one, or is this the fourth? Am I missing more than one? Is he in The Last Temptation of Christ? I don't, I don't remember him being in that. I'm going to go with fourth.
1: The answer was actually eighth. You're missing movies oh, like well. Taxi Driver, Mean Streets. All oh, right, right, yeah. You're right. also missing um, Cape Fear. Remember, this okay. is 1995.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. I wasn't even close.
1: New York. New York. I mean, I could name all seven. But as it stands, uh, Joanne, you have a 3-2 lead going into the penultimate round, and you can have question two, four, six, or nine. Six. Question number six. What is the name of Sam and Ginger's daughter? Amy. For two points. Joe, four... Let's do it in order. Two, four, or nine?
0: Uh, nine.
1: Question nine. Which member of the cast was nominated for an Academy Award for their performance in this film?
0: It's got to be Sharon Stone.
1: Correct. For two points. You're only one point behind going into the final round. Two or four, Joanne? Two. What's the name of Ginger's ex-boyfriend?
5: I knew this was on there. Lester Diamond.
1: Correct. For two points. And Joe, question four. What is the name of the real-life person who inspired the character of Sam Ace Rothstein. I love
0: that I get all the questions that aren't about the movie. <laughs> How many other movies did they work together? What real life person is this based on that? Is it named in the movie at all or in the credits?
1: I'm going to say all of that is offset by the fact that Patrick stuck in a what color coat was someone wearing in a particular shot. But anyway.
0: Yeah, at least it's in the movie. Go ahead. I'll take the choices. I can't win, but.
1: Okay. Was it Frank Lefty Rosenthal? Bob Scoop Billings, Tommy Top Hat Tanner, or Patrick Jesse Poster?
0: I'm going to go with Lefty.
1: It was Lefty. Four one point. Your final score is five. Joanne, your final score is seven. And that means you are a winner. That means we are going to give you a Sunday Million Ticket and some PokerStars merch. Thank you very much for coming on the show today.
5: Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it, and and I really enjoy you fellas. So thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Joanne. Congrats. Hey. my babies that's just about all the time we have got for this week's show 2022 off to a great start use discord to comment on the show and submit your ideas and super fan applications you can see that's where we got joanne from right on absolutely. today's show we got joanne from there we got some suggestions coming in that we're going to use actually
1: absolutely so a reminder that a link to the discord server is in the podcast description and there are dedicated channels to this podcast uh kai actually used the Ideas and Suggestions channel to suggest that we get Joe to have 30 minutes of proper poker coaching to see if it makes any difference to his results. Well, guess what? We're going to run with it. We're going to put a twist on it, but we're going to run with it. That's going to come up in a few weeks. So we do actually listen. We do actually read and we do actually respond and take on board what you guys want to hear and what you want us to do. And yeah, just going back to Superfan Applications, I think the next three to four weeks are booked up. But hey, we're here for the whole year. So get your applications in. And if you're not sure if a subject's gone already, maybe suggest a handful of ideas. But I like the fact that people are thinking out of the box, whether it's sports teams, bands, not just movies and TV shows. Um, Yeah, come on the show. Compete for a ticket and some merch.
0: Please do. We can't do the show without you. And uh, before we get out of here, coming up on next week's show, a blast from the past for me. Uh, the loose cannon from my one of the loose cannons from my first ever poker TV gig she is the GPI female player of the year and one of my oldest poker friends Nadia Magnus will be on the show
1: cool Nadia KGB I don't even know if she uses that nickname still but I like it
0: I think she does well we'll talk to her all about it next week But for now, that is all the time we have for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.